This is the Insurance Buzz, and we are your hosts, Michael and Courtney Weaver. We coach insurance professionals, business owners, and people just like you every day on how to live a life and have a business you are excited about. Here on the Insurance Buzz, we share the wins, the losses, and everything in between that comes with being married business partners, training in the insurance space, and growing our business side by side. We also connect with other business owners and leaders making their mark in the world and hopefully inspire you to make yours. In today's episode, Courtney and I sit down with Taylor Dobby and Michael McCormick, the founders of the Insurance Suit Facebook group. It is the largest Facebook group for insurance professionals. We dive straight into captive versus independent. We're then going to transition into why they even started the Insurance Soup Facebook group. Um, what the most successful insurance agents like you are doing to be successful, not only today, but to also set themselves up for success 30 years from now and much, much more. So with that being said, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Insurance Buzz. We are your hosts, Michael and Courtney Weaver. And today we have Two very special guests, Taylor Dobby and Michael McCormick. How are y'all today? Good. How are y'all? Man, I'm good. This is take two. All right. We had some audio <laughs> issues. It sounded like an airplane was coming in and when we were talking. So we, we, we're coming in hot with the insurance soup. That's what's happening right now. That's right. Coming. No one's almost falling this time. <laughs> I know. Like, we're jumping the cap. Like, we got it. We're grooving. So I want to jump right in. So you guys have a community of independent agents, but you've worked in the captive space. So why would somebody go captive versus independent or vice versa? No, that's a great question. And I'll, there's kind of two answers there. So if it's the agent that's coming into the industry with no experience, uh, captive is a great channel for them to start with. Um, great training, just a far reduced learning curve. Um, I remember my first day as a captive agent and logging into the dashboard and thinking to myself, like, how the hell am I going to learn all of this? And that was with one carrier, only a few products, uh, you know, one dashboard on the independent side, multiply that by 12, 15, 18. And that learning curve can be, uh, it can be quite the challenge for some. And I'd, I'd honestly say opening a PNC agency as an independent agency is probably one of the hardest, if not hardest things that a PNC agent can do. Um, once you get past that learning curve, that first six to nine months, things start to to really, you know, kind of get settled in. Um, but there's also certain areas of the country that captive makes more sense. Um, New Mexico, for example, my wife's uncle has a house up there. He just finished. We shopped it through every possible, you know, carrier on the independent side. And because of the fire lines and the exposures, they didn't want to touch it. Brand new build, um, you know, multiple seven figure build. And there was a captive there. I won't say names, but a very big red captive uh, that gladly took the business and they do extremely well in that area. So the whole captive versus independent, it really comes down to the individual themselves. Uh, certain areas of the country does better. And it really comes down to, you know, what type of agency are you looking to build? Uh, there's a reason you see, you know, so few captives that have 20 million plus in premium versus on the independent side, you'll find far more that have 20 million plus. It's just because you've got more options. Um, and then when it comes down to it, you know, carriers only want a certain percentage of market share in a particular area so that they don't overextend themselves. 
And so when you start to hit that cap, you know, on the captive side, you don't have the other options on the independent side, you know, all those carriers, when they stack up, you can go from, you know, a 15 to 20% close as a captive to a 70, 80% close as an independent, because you've got more carriers, which equals more market share that they're willing to take on. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I've got a, a little bit of a similar take on that. I think it's a, uh, you know, the the captive side of the business is a fantastic place to cut your teeth and to gain your experience and all that kind of stuff. And, and to Taylor's point, you know, transitioning from captive to independent while being a very, in my opinion, oftentimes frivolously thrown around piece of advice because there's a lot more to going independent than simply just changing the, the, uh, the door I do believe that for an agent that is that is that is talented, uh, that transition is always a beneficial one. That said, a lot of agents that want to make the change from captive to independent are doing it because they suck and think that if they change, they won't suck anymore. Uh, your work ethics, your work ethic, and your ability to to get to get things done within your agency is not going to get easier by di- diversifying carrier lines, product lines, and all that kind of stuff. So, like, to Taylor's point, I I do believe if you are a talented agent and you've got the ability to be successful in this industry, that it is a wise path to start captive. Uh, You know, you you do get fantastic training and and, and all that kind. In fact, uh, I want to say one of the uh, one of the, the, the big captives, they actually uh, they actually introduced new agents to their program, calling it an internship. And I actually believe the captive life is about as close to a great internship as you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're getting paid to do the work, right? You're, you, you, you know, while you're, you're salaried in some cases while you're learning to become an agent. And that kind of experience is not something that's delivered to you on the independent side. You're figuring it all out on your own. So, you know, my advice is generally take that, that internship, right? You know, go learn under somebody and get that level of experience that you need to put on to put on your your big boy pants your your big girl dress and actually get out into that independent world and take on all those challenges that going independent uh you know brings and you know the diversity of ca- uh, of carriers product lines underwriting all that kind of stuff let let these big companies pay for your training and then go do your thing and make your money because you know they're willing to and you're not going to make the same money uh captive that you will independent now the flip side of that, you know, you asked the second question, why would somebody who is independent want to go captive? And my answer to that is, I don't know. No, but <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I know one agent that has but, chimed in an insurance suit that has went from the independent to the captive. And that's the only one that I know. I, I can I could see a reason to go uh, go captive from the independent side. If you are. If you're entering a later chapter in your career, you've been overwhelmed, you want to simplify, you want to consolidate, you only want to deal with one set of products, you only want to call one phone number and deal with one service center, and you don't want to have the headache of having to manage all the technologies and all the carrier reps and all, because the, there, there's a lot more that goes on, you know, into it being on the independent side. So, you know, transitioning from independent to captive would be something that I would potentially consider way down the road if I was trying to simplify my life and make things easier. So you said make more money. I want to dive into that. So when I'm hearing this, to me, it sounds like 
Captive has the framework and the training built into kind of a plug and play system. So it's Mm -hmm. easier to get started. It's harder to build. Independent is harder to get started, easier to build. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. And in most cases, um, majority of our agents that come over come from the captive channel. And it typically takes on about, a. say they were a captive for five years, then they will get back to that same premium amount, usually within 18 months. And so it's, it's about a third of the time frame that they rebuild to where they were previously uh, while earning those higher commissions. I'm when they come over, I, I'm fascinated with what are they saying to you? Like, what's the reason? Is it an emotion? Are they burned out? Are they overwhelmed? Like, why are they coming? Are they pissed off. Oh, what's going on? Yes. We, we've gotten yes. a, yes. We've got, yeah, we've gotten a variety. Yes. Um, I keep a, a Google sheet of every agent that has, you know, inquired since 2018 and we're around 3,500 inquiries. Um, so we can look at the data and see the, the reasons why, uh, it's one of the questions we ask, but most of the time it's just, you know, frustrated with, you know, being handcuffed, um, either by the products and the carrier, or, you know, they're not able to market and build an agency like they want to build They're forced inside of a box. And they don't want to play in that box anymore. They, they want to, you know, build it the way that they want. They want their name on the door. They want to do things the way that they want to. And they're just, they, they want to, you know, break free and, and spread their wings. I actually think that one of the reasons that Insurance Soup, uh, you know, our Facebook group has done as well as it's done over the years is because Taylor and I are exceptional at articulating the life and frustrations of the captive agent and the independent agent at this point. But, you know, when, when we first started soup, we were, uh, we were transitioning out of our captive situations at that point. But um, I think what, what really makes that particular community resonate, because there's, there's dozens of communities on social media that you can spend time in and none of them have anywhere close to the activity or the volume that, that soup has. It's the fact that we've got the ability to really articulate the, the agent's experience and frustrations and, uh, emotions in a manner that uh, that really hits home for them because and, and I mean I, I won't I won't speak for Taylor but the reason that uh, that I personally feel so so comfortable and authentic doing it is because I'm not playing a character I'm sharing with you frustrations that I have personally held at various points within this industry and I'm not afraid to to share my thoughts more or my opinions or or my emotions. Uh, around that where many agents are because of that concern of big brother over their shoulder, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. It it really runs the gamut as far as the reasons that people are changing, whether it be lack of commission, you know, they thought they were going to get support and they're not getting support. They're just getting, they're just getting a corporate partner that rides them. Uh, You know, wasn't as it seemed, got sold a bag of goods, was told that I was going to get X and then got Y. There, I mean, there really is a, a litany of, of reasons, but at the end of the day, it's because uh, their career is just not panning out the way they were, they thought it was going to. Yeah, and I, I would agree with the vulnerability, um, not only from, hey, what's Big Brother going to say, but also the egos of, oh, I got to look like I'm perfect. I got to look like everything's going great, even though mm-hmm. we all know, like, it's amazing how many great agents we've had on the buzz. And like, 
after we get off the air and we actually start having a conversation, it's like, yeah, the numbers look great, but the finances don't look that great or, but that's stuff that that nobody's ever talking about. And that's why we're trying to add a level of transparency to, to the industry. And I think you all, I think you all do a great job with that, but that leads me into another question is why did you guys even start the insurance Facebook page? Like it, it has to be more than just sharing, like being vulnerable. And these are the problems. Like, why did you guys even start that? So, and we'll give you kind of the cliff notes. Um, Insurance suit was started out of a kind of a jealous, uh, not a jealous, a selfish play uh, by Mike and I. You know, we were both on the captive side when we got introduced to each other and Mike was doing things that I wasn't familiar with and I was using things he wasn't familiar with. And after, you know, kind of collaborating together, we said like, how many agents out there are doing things that neither one of us know and how can we learn what they're doing to build our agencies better? So we said, let's start a Facebook group and invite, you know, the agents that, that we're connected to and let's see what they're doing. Agents, agents were isolated, right? Like we were all yeah. like that. You have state farm groups, uh, state farm agents in one group and farmers agents in another group. And then you, you have like, you had your independent group. Um, I don't remember the name on the top of my head, but um, like you had all these silos mm-hmm. and you didn't have anywhere where we were all just like together in the same, in, in the same pool, just, you know, sharing ideas. And it, it really, because there was never a plan to monetize it. Um, and honestly, the first, I'd say 12 to 18 months, it was ran like a complete shit, you know, show circus. Um, it, it, there was no objective to turn it into any business. So we had no reason to treat it like one. Um, the executioner, we had to retire after our attorneys, you know, told us, you know, public executions in front of, uh, the entire industry probably isn't a good idea. And wait, know, wait, 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 I need to know this story. What is this? I'll be back in one moment. Yeah. Anytime someone would break one of the rules, uh, Mike was notorious for, for bringing out the, the executioner and he would do like a medieval style execution uh, of the member and list out, you know, what, what they violated, uh, and the, the group loved it. And it, honestly, it's what set the tone. Now we just crossed over 50,000 members and the agents that have been in it from the beginning remember those days. So when someone comes in and they start, you know, trying to advertise or, yeah. Oh my gosh. They, yes. You, you forgot the mask though, Mike, you forgot the mask. Uh, uh, make, uh, make sure you turn into the video so you yeah, can I've, see I've Mike's. Got, I've got an executioner's mask that was sent to me at one point. It's not at the office. I keep that at home for the wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you are playing characters. Okay. Got it. Now the, the group kind of polices itself at this point because of how it was in the beginning. So when someone steps out and they come in and try to, you know, promote some new and greatest, you know, secret tool, uh, the group sniffs it out and, and they're, they're not able to hide very, for very long. Wow. No, and I love, okay, so I love the concept um, of bringing everyone together. I think that 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 primary reason, I love that because we've, we've, I've told many agents, like I've learned so much over the last 18 months from talking to agents from the independent world, from the Mm farmers, from the Allstate, from the, the country financial, like 
every, we're all in this together, but there's it, it is weird how there's almost just like the state farm stays with the state farm. The farmer stays with click. the farmers. Like you they're stay all in within your own clicks. Oh, yeah. And so all you hear is the same repetitive shit over and over and over because there is no magic bullet. There is no secret sauce. Like, and but it's wild to hear the different ways of doing things from agent provider to agent provider. And so I love it. Like I, I've told a lot of agents, like one of the best things I did was just leaving my captive, leaving the captive agency, not only because I love what I do from a sales training coaching perspective, but it's allowed me to be better at coaching because I hear lots of different ideas and what works yeah. well, what doesn't. No, no joke, man. Like, I feel like my understanding and education of this injury uh, uh, of this industry expanded exponentially when I started working with agents. Like I had areas where like I'm like I'm good where I know my stuff or whatever, but I really started to like understand agents and this industry so much more by working with the agent than I ever did in the industry itself. Cause you're, you're in these, you're, you're in these moment to moment situations where you're picking up like, okay, well, if that ever happens again, I know how to do that. But like working with agents, you're just, you're hearing every unique situation and circumstance that's happening across the country versus coming across one every couple of months in your agency. And it just speeds up your, you know, it, it, it like really like condenses down the amount of time needed to, you know, learn so much. It's It's been wild. I'm so excited to share this with you. Courtney and I are going to be hitting the road. We're going to be speaking at events across the country. We're going to be holding workshops across the country. And the first event of many to come is Soup Live on October 5th and 6th in Arlington, Texas. It doesn't matter if you're an agent or producer, independent or captive. If you're looking to take your insurance game to the next level, this event is for you. Check out the deets below. And hey, if you are interested in having us come speak at an event, having us come speak at a territory meeting or event, having us hold a workshop in your area, reach out. Let's get a time on the calendar and talk. Other than that, let's get back to the show. So I want to I want to transition. We're cool with transitioning. So I want to transition because you all have, have not only been captive, been independent, you know, thousands of agents across the country that's do both. You help agents go from captive to independent. What are you seeing the agents that are the most successful? All right. Those that just thrive within the industry versus those that don't, those that struggle to make the paychecks. And, and it's, it's not just a struggle for a year. It's like almost like a career long struggle to where they're getting burnout. They don't even know if it's for them anymore. What are you seeing the most successful in the industry, regardless captive or independent? What are they doing? Um. I can break it down into the four words, systems, processes, automate, or delegate. Mm. All right, let's dive into that. Without the systems and processes, like Mike said, if you're a successful captive agent, you can make the transition and nine times out of 10, you'll be an extraordinary independent agent. But if you're failing on the captive side and you go independent, that's not going to save you. That That's not that life raft that's going to turn things around. You're just going to be a failing independent agent. You know, you didn't have your systems and processes in place as a captive. Like 
what's going to change. In, in some rare cases, if you're if you're so if you're somewhere as a captive where you you've got a real tough rate environment, going independent might be enough to save you. Like if you had the work ethic and you had the drive and, and the skill set, but you just didn't have the pricing. But that is such a it's such a rare agent in the grand scheme of of, of who's looking to transition. Yeah. Okay. So I'm listening to this and I'm like, yeah, okay, I hear you. Let's break down each of these. So the mm-hmm. systems and the processes. I have nothing. I'm yep. listening to this and I have no processes, no systems. Where do I start? Detailing out everything you do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I go through an exercise with our agents because uh, typically we can look at the data and look at the commissions and see where an agent starts to to experience those growing pains. You know, their their production is a steady incline, their commissions are a steady incline, and then it starts to level out. And that's typically where they get to, okay, I need to hire. It's that first kind of, uh, in order to continue growth, I've got to hire. And then they say, okay, what do I do? Like, how do I hire? And what do I have them do? Like the whole point of hiring is to continue doing what you're doing, but be able to do it, you know, not just focused on one thing. Now you've got two people focused on two things. So detailing out day to day what the tasks are um, really there, there's a documentary and I've recommended it to hundreds of agents. And I literally just watched it with my daughter uh, last week. It's called the founder. And it's how McDonald's, you know, McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The story is actually kind of a shitty story on on how it all unfolded, but treat it like a McDonald's. You know, the fry cook is at the fry station and they're cooking fries. They're not making milkshakes and running the cash register and and running to the drive-thru. They know what their job is and they're focused on their job. If that fry cook were to walk out at, at noon on a Saturday, by 2 p.m. that same day, they could have someone in that that station trained up knowing exactly what it is that they're doing because that job is detailed out. It's step by step. They know their responsibilities, and that's how they've been able to scale. Um, you walk into any McDonald's anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, and the kitchen's laid out the same because it works. They have a system that works. Their process works. So why change it? That's I love it. I love you're bringing up mcdonald's because when we opened our agency the one thing i told courtney is is i want to run our agency just like a mcdonald's it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you're in la or you're in new york a cheeseburger is made the same way and tastes the same every single time that is consistency that is efficiency you know exactly what you're getting and that's the that's the experience i wanted the customers to receive Mm -hmm. so not only does it add clarity within the organization but then it guarantees the same customer experience every single time yeah. Well, let's call a spade a spade, though, right? Like the majority of the industry, they're not running McDonald's. The majority of the industry, when you walk into McDonald's, it depends. Like depending on which register you go to, you're going to get a different burger every single time. So you know, it's funny because I think as an as an industry, or at least at a certain level within the industry, we all know what we're supposed to do to win. But so many of us aren't doing it or didn't do it from the very beginning. And as a result, we feel like, like, oh, my goodness, like, how am I ever going to get the systems and processes in place for this aircraft carrier? I've got two, five, 10,000 policies in force, three employees, five employees, 15 employees, and everyone's making the hamburger different at every register. Why are the cashiers even making the hamburgers in the first place? We don't know. But here we are. We've entered a, in my opinion, 
very, very crucial and pivotal era in our industry. And there is a giant shift happening. And 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 it, it's like kind of like those who know, know right now. And it's the type of thing that the rest of the industry will be caught up on in the next three, five, seven years. But with the rise of artificial intelligence and the ability to pump out content, thoughts, get ourselves organized and all that kind of stuff, there is literally no excuse in the world why you can't get yourself systematized and processed within your agency. I mean, I, I have personally worked within our own businesses here to create processes and systems just to keep myself organized on the back end, utilizing AI. Like, you don't need to be smart enough to know how to do it anymore. You just need to know that you have to do it. You've got a partner in AI at this point that's smart enough to actually put it all together for you. So like you can, if you don't have a system or you don't have a process around something, you know, say, say your claims process sucks and every single person does it differently and every single person provides a different experience. You can go to something like a chat GPT and say, give me five different ways to process claims in my insurance agency. One as professional as possible. One giving the best client experience as possible. One making the customer feel warm and, and embraced, almost like they're in a, in a hug. And it will spit out five different processes for you to, you know, for you to run your claims through in your agency. And you can take the one that you like best and that's now your new process. Now you can compound that because I mean, great, you've got your process now, right? But you still have to repeat it and teach it every single time you have someone new or every single time you got a claim. Are we, are we, are we following, are we following what we need to do? You know, blah, blah, blah. You can take that exact process that you were just given from AI upload it to a service like a Synthesia who will take the script, throw it into an artificial avatar who's now going to spit it out at you as if you hired an actor or a voiceover coach. And now what you've got is piece by piece, you are putting together a training or a set of systems and processes in your agency that anyone can learn that if they're not doing, they could be referenced back to for accountability and documentation and even if you have not systematically put together an agency that has got a step-by-step -step for everything that gets done, now, despite the fact that you're on this aircraft carrier traversing through the ocean and it's damn near impossible to turn around, you can do it on the fly. And you can actually get your, your agency that's three, five, ten years in to a place where it should have been when you came out the gates and you knew that you, that you, knew that you, sh that you should have but never did. Yep. So a lot of cool stuff going on right now. Yeah, I mean – <clears throat> processes are just like you all said, are so important. And now you don't even have to be the one that creates it. Now you have to be the one that executes it. All right. Yep. And, and there is like, ideas are great. Execution is better, but you're going to have, but the idea that you have something that can just create the process for you. Like we've actually went through and all the processes we created, we actually plugged back into chat GPT mm -hmm. and it created a better process. It's like, holy shit. I'll show you how to use those processes, but be more efficient while doing so. Yes. Yes. And so I just jotted down some systems real fast and processes. Like if you're an agent right now listening to this, and this is just off the fly. All right. So recruiting processes, hiring, onboarding a new team member, onboarding a, a customer, how team meetings are structured, one-on-ones, huddles, production meetings. All right. What training? Yes, you should be training. You can also call Weaver Sales Academy. Sales processes. What do those conversations look like from the new business to the pivots, to the appointments, retention, like claims, like late pays, marketing strategies, job duties, and expectations of each role within the agency. 
All right. So mm-hmm. those are just a few that I jotted down real fast. If you're like, where do I even start? There you go. There you go. Yep. You brought up delegate though. I know we they need to talk about it. Automate like, delegate. Like we have got to get into because we now we've gone systems, processes, automation. And I love Syntesia, by the way. Like I think that is so cool that you can create this living, breathing avatar that communicates in yeah. multiple languages, which is fantastic. Um, let's talk about delegation though. This is the one where as entrepreneurs, I see a lot of like holding on to everything, like the mm-hmm. death grip of their business. What do you delegate and what do you not delegate? I'd love to hear what you guys think. I, I think this is what holds, you know, good agents from becoming great agents. Um, I, I was guilty of it for, for years and still guilty to an extent. Uh, you know, no one can do it better than you can. Uh, I, feel, I feel like we are last 24 months just in just moving out of this stage ourselves. Like the first couple of years we held on friggin' tight. Yeah. But you don't have to have someone that can do it just as good as you. If you can have someone that does it even 80% as good as you can, then it's better for them to do it. And you should never think that one plus one is going to equal two when hiring. If no. like one plus one is going to equal one po- like 1. 1.6. Hmm. Yep. But without delegating, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. Um, and as, as cool as it may sound, you know, on social to say you work 70, 80 hours a week, it's exhausting. Um, you know, you can only accomplish so much. So until you start to delegate it, uh, those, those hours aren't going to, you know, become any less and, and the workload's not going to decrease. So it, it comes a point to, you know, how can you duplicate yourself even if, you know, that, that second rendition isn't able to do it as efficiently or as quickly it still allows you that time to then work on something else and, you know, then delegating that to me, an agent gets to a point to where they can choose to show up at the office or not because the team is in place and they have delegated everything that is the day to day. And now they're running the back end of the agency versus the front end. And that that's when you see agents really start to, you know, take that next leap because um, they're not going to, you very rare case. I can't say never because uh, I know a few agents that I still question how they're, you know, 20 million with them and an assistant. But in very few cases, you'll find a very large successful agency that isn't staffed out and has departments and, you know, multiple people in each department. And the only way to do, you know, to do that is to delegate that first, you know, that first role and continue to add from there. Well, what's interesting about it, though, and you just mentioned how, uh, you know, there are there are some agencies that are, you know, that, that are doing it with no departments, right? They're doing it mm-hmm. super, super tiny. You know, getting back to that to that McDonald's example, you know, if, if you know, we're very fortunate. So, so far as, you know, we can do so much of what we do virtually, right, or digitally, like if you walked into that, that, that $20 million agency that's only being run like, you know, by two, three, four people, if that was a McDonald's, you'd be walking in and you'd be seeing everything on fire behind the reg- behind the register. Like you just don't see it because it's digital and they they they're able to keep that that wall of of privacy up. But when your agency is that big and you don't have the systems or the people to delegate to, it's just a hot mess. So I met with a recruiter. This was like I don't know, a year and a half ago, we were looking to expand because we were in the same position where 
we are control freaks and we mm-hmm. like to control things. And we got to a certain spot where, and you know it, you feel it in your business where like, okay, if I want to take the next big jump, I'm going to have to to hire some people. So we were in that that phase. And she said, if you think about it like a stop sign, every time you jump back in to do day to day, you put a stop sign on your business's growth. Mm-hmm. And that for me was too much. It was too much task switching too in my brain of like, I'm working in my business, then I'm working on my business, then I'm in and I'm out. So is there anything that you don't delegate? I would like to know, because you guys have multiple businesses, you're running different things. Is there anything that you're like, no, absolutely not. I'm keeping this till the day I die. There's certain things that I think Mike and I can both agree that have contributed and allowed us to get to where we are. And that's, you know, being ourselves and being out in front on social. Uh, we've talked about it, the amount of messages we get, you know, a day and how many posts we're tagged in and, you know, trying to comment back. Uh, that's a full-time job in itself. But to delegate that to someone else to act like us, to respond like us, to be assholes like us, uh, <laughs> it, it's just not possible. You know, you, that's being on social, being real raw, relevant, you know, authentic and not holding anything back. Um, that's one area I think we could probably delegate and hire and staff out every other aspect, but that one piece would always have to remain us. Without well, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this special recipe with 43 ingredients that really come together. For <laughs> a very special, like brand of asshole. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like you can throw another cook in the kitchen, but uh, like I, I do, <laughs> I do believe though, that the, a big part of uh, the reason that we've had our success is because uh, of, you know, despite how large things have gotten and, and knock on wood, you know, thank God that, that things went the way that they have, uh, you know, we by and large are still viewed somewhat as a personal brand. Mm-hmm. Like people still think of like, well, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, uh, like, of a, so like when you think of the big eye, you don't, you don't put a face to it. Right. When you think of insurance journal, you don't put a face to it. But if you think of insurance suit, you do put a face to it. And it's because we are out in front every single day. And I I don't think that you could put somebody like could somebody else could somebody else post every day or add value every day? Absolutely. But like there's a I don't know, there's there it's a it's like a it's like a science project that we have no idea what the ingredients are, but we know that we have them. Mm-hmm. And like, we don't know why the results are that they are. Well, I mean, we do know somewhat why the results are, why they are, but the intangible elements, like we could, we can't really, I couldn't, I couldn't put them on a table and show you and, and say, Oh, you just mix this with this. You'll get insurance suit. You know, it's, um, well, it's the, the years of, you know, that have led up to now, like we've talked hey, as, as an agent, you see the industry through an agent lens. And, you know, we, we were agents, we were in the trenches, so we get it. We relate to what agents are dealing with and their struggles. You know, we're on the vendor side. We have softwares and technologies that we provide. We have training. So we see the industry through a vendor lens. We're able to see it from the aggregator level to where we've got hundreds of agents. And at this point, uh, I think we're, we're closing in on 130 million in active premium. And to grow there in four years, we see it from that lens. Then then you don't pat yourself on the back enough for that man you really don't well it's not me it's it's the agents uh, well, I, 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 not, I know that but i'm I mean, not responsible for a dollar of that premium no well you're 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 not you, the agents are the tip of the spear but uh 
I was going to say you're the chef, but that didn't sound right. Don't you care? Hey, no. Taking this in. I guess I said it anyway, didn't I? You did. You put it out there. You took a hard left. All right. Oh, man. How do we we redeem from that? Yeah. No, insurance. I don't don't think you have to. Yeah. Insurance (laughs) soup as a whole, though, allows us to see the industry from a unique lens because we get to see from the top. 50,000 people day to day, the conversations and we, it's crazy. We can typically recognize a trend or something that's going to become an issue way in advance because we see it on such a large level and we're able to set keywords and phrases to where when they get mentioned, we're notified. So we're able to recognize it. Yeah. Right. Like like people don't get it. Like like as, as an agent, you jump into soup like here and there. Like we more me, cause you're definitely more involved in, in some other stuff than, than I am when it, uh, that gives me a little bit more time to be in suit. Like we have a 24 hour a day, 365 day a year, like, you know, pulse on the industry. So like, we're not just catching one post here, one thought there, one struggle, you know, one struggle here. Like we are literally watching 50,000 people talk about, what's good, what's bad, what's ugly, what's working, what's not working. And we're listening and watching, we're listening to and watching that all day, every day. So, so speaking of the insurance soup, y'all have quite the event coming up. All right. We're actually speaking at it. You should be there. If you are listening to this right here, it's going to be an awesome event. I would love for you all to share a little bit about soup live, what it entails, who's going to be there, who should be there. Yeah. So soup live is one of those, uh, projects that the audience asked for for a long time, uh, you know, wanted us to put on a conference and we pushed it off, pushed it off. COVID came around and was like, all right, thank God they can, you know, get off our ass about doing it because no one's doing it. Uh, but then once things lightened up, they started asking again. And Mike and I, you know, talked and agreed that the way that a lot of conferences out there, you know, are being conducted isn't for the agent's best interest. It's to turn a profit and they charge a premium for the tickets. You know, the the people on stage are paying to be on stage and they're selling from stage and an agent shows up excited and they leave saying like, what the hell did I attend? Uh, And why did I buy, you know, 13 different things from people on stage that I don't need? Did I just buy a ticket, an airline ticket and stay at a hotel for three days to watch a commercial? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we said, let's, let's put together an event and intentionally do it not to turn a profit and we hosted our first uh our first conference last year in may uh we had a a nice learning curve with that one we we did it on a 12-week notice and learned after that to throw an industry conference in 12 weeks uh there's a reason you know people give themselves 12 months to do so uh listen listen, we profited a solid like fifty seven hundred dollars on that event well, we did, and then we turned around and spent, like, I know after the, the thank you gifts for the speakers, it cost us $200 to throw the, you know, the conference. This year, we've, we've done it to where, you know, we've reduced the ticket cost, and it's all about providing value to the agents. Like, even Mike, uh, we threatened every speaker last year, if you get up there and promote yourself and try to sell, one, plug your mic. Like, that's not what this is about. We, we don't Wait, have we, a vendor hall with a hundred different sponsors. We have very few and it's ones that we actually can stand behind and say, these, these are the best out there. 
Now, is this I had a second presentation ready for the event in case someone started selling and we had to yank him off the stage. Yeah. Like we were ready to go. So question, is this for both independent agents and captive agents? Like who should be at this event? So this is for anyone in insurance. Uh, it's not just personal lines. Um, we've got life, you know, agents from the life side. Jack Jameson spoke last year. Um, the audience wanted him back again this year. He was, you know, head of life development for farmers for years. When I became a farmer's agent, I used to log on to the dashboard and watch videos of Jack. I cannot uh, believe, I cannot believe that this audience after spending 45 minutes crying with the man last year, because oh. he, brought, he brought he brought the house down. We were all, we were all crying. The swag bags this year have to come with a box of Kleenex. <laughs> like, I am surprised because we've got a lot of people that are coming back from, from last year's event, you know, to, to come to this year's event. And everyone's like, let's cry with Jack again. And uh, I'm like, I don't want to cry. Like, I love Jack, but I don't want to cry in front of everybody again. Like that kind of yeah. sucks. <laughs> because it's, it's not a raw, raw session. Um, we asked all the speakers, to get up there, provide value to where agents can actually take it back and implement it in their agencies. So whether it's around sales, whether it's around automation, uh, marketing, it applies to all. So if, if you sell insurance in any form, it's applicable and you can take it back and say, okay, I learned this and now, you know, I can apply it within my agency, no matter if it's life, health, personal, commercial, uh, Medicare, it's, it's really, it's not designed for just one part of the industry. It's a, you know, across the board. Of course, we're heavier in the PNC side uh, because that's where we come from. That's what we know, but we don't, we don't do it to exclude anyone. And, and the speakers are, 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 you know, teaching from an agnostic point of view that's high enough that it speaks to the industry and not to a specific agent. Like you're not gonna, we're, you're not gonna see someone from the life side of the business get up there and say, all right, by the time I'm wrapped up with this talk, you guys are all going to be able to sell IULs. Well, I mean, if 60% of the audience doesn't sell IULs, it doesn't really mean much. So like everyone that gets up there is speaking more agnostically about things that can be done to, you know, move the meter and make big change. Absolutely. But this year we're super excited about the speaker lineup. We've got both, you know, you and Courtney, um, which I'm excited about because We've known each other and done business for, for years. And to see y'all go from the agency level to just knocking it out of the park with Weaver Sales Academy to introduce y'all to a part of the audience that may not be introduced for some time, um, it, it's really neat to see. You know, I mentioned Jack earlier. He He's probably one of the most famous names in the farmers community. You know, if you're a farmers agent, you know Jack Jameson. Um, when he spoke at Soup Live, Afterwards, he said, I had no idea how much of the industry I wasn't exposed to. Like farmers is, is, is a big pond, but now he just got to experience kind of, you know, stepping out from a pond into the ocean. And it just, it really opens agents up to people outside of their silos, you know, kind of that, that carrier environment that they're used to because it's not a carrier conference. Well, it does what it does what the soup group does, which is why yeah. we, which is why we call it Insurance Soup Live. You know, it's it's bringing the industry together and getting people to talk and network and strategize and share that normally would never be in the same room together. Yeah, we're 
We're very excited. I mean, there is a radical transformation happening within the industry right now. Um, that's what we're going to be speaking on. But um, if somebody wanted more information on it, they wanted to follow you all, they wanted to connect with you, what's the easiest way for them to do that? The easiest way is you can find uh, Insurance Soup on Facebook. It's the largest insurance community. Uh, we just crossed over 50,000 members. We vet every single member that comes in. Uh, if you don't answer the questions or you're not in you know, the insurance space, you, you don't get accepted. Uh, you can go to theinsurancesoup.com uh, for Soup Live, souplive2023.com. Um, but theinsurancesoup.com is kind of the hub where, you know, that's that's the the central part and it's a spider web from there. Okay. This is so good. I am so excited. I love networking events too. Cause like what you were saying, Mike, being able to collaborate, share ideas here that somebody else is going through the exact same thing that you are. And here's how they're moving through it. That's where we have made our biggest like quantum leaps in business is being mm-hmm. around other people in the same industry, doing the same thing in different ways. Absolutely. And that's the the reason we picked the venue for Soup Live and, and we're returning to the same venue is we've been to conferences. Like, I love Vegas. Like, you put me in Vegas, you can ask Mike. The conference is over. My ass is at a blackjack table for <laughs> 17 hours straight. Uh, like, no the, sleep. Con- the conference gets out and then we meet up again around 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's probably just because I need a, a stand-up, stretch my legs, and I'm back at it. But the venue we have it at is an area that you don't have to leave. It's got the restaurants, it's got the entertainment. So after the event's over, you know, everyone doesn't go their own ways. They stay there Mm -hmm. and you're able to really get that like value from a conference. Awesome. The value you get in the networking and talking to agents and digging in that to me is where the value comes from. So that was a big focus is how can we keep agents together after the happy hour ends and how can we keep that being a valuable, you know, environment? We didn't even plan it, but last year, you know, I mean, we we do we serve breakfast, we serve lunch, we do happy hours, you know, after after both days or whatever. But uh, you know, last year after the first night, we didn't talk about it; it wasn't planned or anything. There were just so many agents still hanging out that we like about eighty of us went went downstairs and and took over one of the restaurants and. Uh, it was a hellacious bar tab, I can tell you that. <laughs> we, we, we promised everyone breakfast, lunch, and a happy hour, and about 80 of them also got a dinner out of us. <laughs> and that is also the same yeah. night that Mike tried getting into the wrong Airbnb at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning in Dallas, beating on the door. Uh, how he didn't get shot being six foot three, six foot four, 1 a.m., trying to open someone's house. Yeah, uh, six four, three hundred pounds, banging on a door in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> going, going, and, and if there was anyone on the other side of the door, all they're hearing, oh, they were terrified. All they're hearing is what the fuck. Oh, oh, come on come on oh shoot and that's a solid way to end end the episode like i said strokes of genius but lots of stupid stuff too (laughs) baby that's what it's about taylor mike we appreciate you this has been awesome um, for all of those of you listening, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you as always. Time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have. Pre- appreciate you spending time with us today. Go out, make it great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Buzz. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. 
post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. If you want to take your insurance agency to the next level and join our community, simply check out Weaver Sales Academy at www.weaversa.com. Again, that's www.weaversa.com or visit the show notes on our new and current programs we have available exclusively for you. As always, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have and I appreciate you spending it with me. See you on the next episode.